you are listening to the DD Geopolitics podcast. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Twitter user Le Pan Africaniste, who is a resident of Niger, and he will be helping us unpack the very difficult and rapidly ev- developing situation in his country and the Sahel more generally. Monsieur Le Pan Africaniste, bienvenue. Merci beaucoup. I'm very happy to be among you and to share my my opinion with you and uh, with all people who will be uh, will have access to the post podcast. Uh, as you know, today Niger, all eyes are on Niger, and uh, I'm really happy that today many people are able to make the difference between uh, Niger and Nigeria because uh, before these uh, these events. Uh, uh, I mean, Niger was not existing because when you talk about Niger, they will think about Nigeria because also we have a state called Niger Delta in Niger in Nigeria. So people they don't know if really um, Niger is a separate country from Nigeria. So today, due to the circumstances, many Africans, not only Africans, the world has known that we have two separate countries, Niger and Nigeria. Niger, which was colonized by the French people. And Niger got its independence on August 3rd, 1960. So we celebrate the date of independence um, six days ago. Unfortunately, this year we didn't have to celebrate it uh, greatly because of, uh, you all know the situation we we are facing. Because even the president, the ousted president, was planning to go to Difa. Difa is uh, at the border of uh, Chad to celebrate the 63 years of independence. But uh, even the um, um, military were sent to go and wait his arrival. But unfortunately, uh, this arrival hasn't happened because of the coup d'etat. So due to this uh, situation, this year, um, uh, the celebration is not uh, really done because of the, um, okay? So Niger was independent, but from the independence now, it seems that Niger is always under colonialism because the old um, colonial power, which is France, has never left Niger to rule, all Nigerians to rule themselves freely. They always, have interference in our business. They always have interference in our uh, policy. And in, even we, at some point, we are saying to ourselves, is Niger a free nation or is Niger a part of France? That is to say, a department of France, because we cannot understand. See, for example, before the ousted president, Bazoum, was sworn in, the Minister of Foreign Affairs at that time of France, Jean-Yves Le Drian was here in the capital and he was the last person to meet the outgoing and the upcoming president before we made this win. We cannot understand how far France is involved in our domestic affairs. So you see, so despite the independence on the on the paper, but on the ground, really, we don't have the independence. And that's why today, when the coup d'etat happens, we say, oh. That's a good occasion to free ourselves at last. That's why you see 
the great joy among the population when the coup d'etat happens. Everywhere in the, across the, the nation, people celebrated the junta. They were happy it's because it's coming like is he was a messiah. The leader of the junta was a messiah. Because as I told, as I say it in many spaces, the ousted president was not elected by the Nigerian people. You see, they imposed him. France and the former president, Yusuf Mamadou, who chose him as a candidate for the party and who also imposed him as the president of Niger against the will of Nigerians because the results of the elections were not really um, take, taken into account. They gave their own results. When you go to the um, site of the Electoral Commission, what you are going to see, you can vomit. I tell you, you can vomit because you cannot understand in a democratic country where things are going well, in a circumstance, uh, a constituency, we have 103% of turnout. Where have you ever heard about this one in the world? 103% of turnout in a constituency. You cannot believe. So this, this, was, this was not an election. It was selection that we uh, underwent. And today, we have someone who is a kind of a referee for us. Because today we salute, we salute the coming of the, the Janta to restore probably now the president, the real president that Nigerians are going to choose. Because right now, we do hope that it is our last chance. Don't forget that Niger has experienced many coup d'etat. This one is the fifth one. We had coup d'etat in 1994. That was the first time. We, have coup we had coup d'etat in 1996, the second. We had coup d'etat in 1999, where the president was also killed by the, his own presidential guards on the tarmac of the airport. Okay? And 2010, we also had another coup d'etat. That is the fourth. And now we have the last one that happened on July 26, 2023. And we do believe that this, this one can put Niger forward. And we have a lot of hope this time. That's why we express, we express in the great majority of Nigerians, we express our joy in the coming of the military on power. So you brought up the celebrations and everything. We've all seen the rallies. They're beautiful. They're huge, enormous in the capital, especially. But can you explain to our listeners, because I've tried to explain um, that why the Russian flag makes an appearance and people think that they're calling on Russia to come save them. And I'm trying to explain that it's so much more than that and that they're not really understanding. So I hope that maybe you can explain it from your perspective, why Russian flags show up at African protests. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> you know today, you know today, people, they are afraid of Wagner, they are afraid of Russia. At any occasion, as we see people um, raising the flags of, uh, I mean, Russia among, uh, in our, um, demo some people they think that uh, Russia is uh, is already in Niger. No, that is just messages that people are conveying to put the others in trouble. Because you know when we talk about Russia, 
I mean, first is trembling. So that is a kind of policy, that's a kind of campaign to, to, to destabilize, destabilize France also. Because the Western part of countries today don't, don't want to hear about, uh, I mean, Russia. But me, from my, view, from my own point of view, I cannot assure you that today we have Wagner or Russia presence. But I know that Russia wants ECOWAS not to intervene military against France. That is a statement that I saw on, on social media. And we know that today, Mali, Burkina Faso, Guinea, these three countries that are, are also ruled by militaries, they said that in a joint communique statement they, that they are uh, siding with Niger. So if ECOWAS decided to attack Niger, they have to know that they, act, they attacked Mali, they attacked Guinea, they attacked Burkina Faso. And who talked about Mali, thought about Russia, because it is a well-known fact that today Russia is, whether we say it or not, we know that Russia is giving a strong support to Mali government, because today Mali is classified as the second powerful uh, army in West Africa. And they know it. And if you see today, we come to the deadline of ECOWAS and they did not attack Niger, probably they know what is on the other side. And we know that a military, like military from Senegal, who has never experienced coup d'etat, a military like Cote d'Ivoire, who has not a lot of experience of coup d'etat or peacekeeping forces. So they know what Niger army, Burkina Faso army, Mali army are able to do because these three countries have a lot of experience in even peacekeeping because they have been everywhere in Haiti, in DRC, in uh, the Central African Republic. So they have a lot of experience. And today, the people, the military who is leading the country, Niger, most of them have been trained, have been trained in the US. They had a lot of backgrounds and they had a lot of operation that a joint operation with the, uh, American troops here in Niger, in Niger that day, they have to fight terrorism. So Americans now put their capacity of uh, nuisance. So that's why we can say today, um, this army does not fear any other army. So we are waiting for what is next, what ECOWAS is going to, because I think that today, they have a meeting in Abuja to decide on new measures. But anyway, we understand that the narrative has changed and now they are waiting for maybe diplomacy to go over brutality, over war. That is uh, what is going on right now. Yeah, from you and a lot of the Central Africans that I've spoken to have all the consensus is we support the coup and we support diplomatic solutions to these problems. Well, even now, France, uh, who was saying that uh, they are going to, to attack Niger, 
Because everything that you see is happening today is France behind. If you see um, the president for Nigeria um, greatly involved in this uh, conflict, I do not see any interest of Nigeria in this conflict. I do not see any interest of uh, Senegal. I do not see any interest of um, Cote d'Ivoire. But we all know what is happening. All those people that you see, especially in Senegal, um, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, they are waiting for France to protect them. Asses, excuse me, their, their asses. Okay, that's what happened exactly in Niger. Because all the West, the military West of Mali, Burkina Faso, were sent here in Niger. They say, okay, come here, Niger is a free land. You come here because Niger is at your disposal. They come here. That is what makes a lot of happiness among Niger people. So all the soldiers who were chased from Mali, Burkina Faso, they were here. Today we have more than 1,500 French soldiers on our, our uh, soil today. So you see, and now, even France has backed up. They have changed, as, as I said, the narrative. They know that there is no chance for them to go through war. Now people are thinking to diplomacy. Even ECOWAS leaders now, they have changed their minds. And uh, as I said, it, the narrative is now how to solve the problem peacefully. And I know that probably what they are going to ask is the release of the president Bazoum. But let me tell you something very important. Those soldiers, it will be very difficult for them to, to free Bazoum because they know that Bazoum is a good guarantee for them to stay at least for a while on power. Imagine that today Bazoum is released. The French people, they are able at all costs to destabilize our country. And let me tell you something, maybe that you have already known. Yesterday, a former minister, an ex-rebel called Risa Agbula, who has been minister for 13 years, or 12, sorry, 12 years, because he has been minister since 2011. And now he decided to go in the Maki, what we call Maki, he decided to take arms against Niger, to fight against the military. And guess Today, maybe France is behind this movement of re rebellion. Who knows? And uh, I'm sure that uh, he's going to, to fail because for someone who has been minister for 12 years, I, I don't think he will be able to fight again because <laughs> a lot of things have, have uh, happened in his life. So it's not easy to go in the desert and to fight against the, the, the army. So you see, that's the problem that we have. We have also many dignitaries of the old regime who are abroad, who are also calling on ECOWAS and France to, if I can afford to say it, to bombard Niger because for, uh, just for their selfish, selfish, selfish interest. See how Africans, you are able to destabilize your own country that you have served for many years. The prime minister is now in Many more are abroad, and what they are calling on is to wage war against Niger because they lost power. So you see, it cannot succeed. It cannot succeed. I can assure you, everyone, that this one is not succeed. Whether they like it or not, we are going to do a peaceful agreement. And probably when they will be releasing a Bazoum, when 
everything has been settled and that they know that now they are confident and at that time they will release Bazoum. But at, at this time, they avoid any contact with the outside. Last time, a delegation, a joint delegation came here in Niger, AU, UN, and ECOWAS. They said that they cannot protect them because of insecurity. So you see, they didn't come in Niger. They, um, the under secretary state of for African affairs, she came here in Niger. She didn't meet the junta. So that is to say, they are keeping their distance from the outside for the time being. So yeah, maybe they are having their own plan. I noticed that. Like, that's not very common that Victoria Newland would be refused and she showed up and they were like, no, like you don't have authority here anymore. And that was kind of the end of it. And I thought that was kind of neat. So um, we did mention before we started recording, we talk about electricity. So um, that's another thing that is kind of big that people keep talking about is cutting off the electricity to Niger, Nigeria being your major electricity supplier, but also important to note that most of the people in Niger don't have electricity anyway, so it's not a huge sacrifice, but what happens next? Are you are you guys planning to go into a complete electricity blackout, or do you think it'll be rolling? Or Okay, um, the issue of electricity, because at the time I'm talking to you, I am in my house without electricity. I am it, there is sweat everywhere on my on my body. So you see, I am I'm suffering right now. While I'm talking to you. There is no fan. There is no air conditioning. Nothing here close to me. I'm I'm in my room. Okay. So, but we don't care about this one because it's uh, going to have an end. It's true that it's there is a and there is an agreement between Niger country and Nigeria to provide us electricity. And we pay for it. It's not free that we gave, they gave us electricity. And today we don't understand the attitude of Tinobu because of a coup d'etat international affair. You come and you cut off the electricity for Niger for no reason. Because for no reason. We have already some agreements that are going on. So why do you cut off the electricity? And that's also to give us a clear idea that France has been exploiting us for many years and they don't even have the capacity to build for us a nuclear or something, even a solar power plant here in Niger. So you see, that situation will give us when we settle very well to free ourselves from Nigeria. Maybe, as you know, I don't know whether someone among you has never has ever been in Niger or not, but Niger has a lot of sun. It's very hot in Niger. So we can have our own solar um, power plants. Why not? It does not cost a lot. And we have the means to do it. But because of the selfishness of the greatness of the people, they created a, 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 a thermal uh, power, um, what they call it, uh, plant. The former president opened a thermal uh, power plant. Guess what? Because they want to continue to use oil in this plant so to be richer and richer. That's what, because I don't see any importance of thermal power plant in Niger. Whereas that we know, uh, I mean, God granted Niger a lot of sun, a lot of sun. 
So it was to have a solar power plant. But as they know that if they created a solar power plant, they will not make a lot of profit. So that's why they refused to do it. But this time, from the suffer that we see because of the, uh, of the uh, Nigeria electricity, we are going to see in which ways we can have our own, I mean, um, I mean, own uh, source of energy. We have the, the we have the river Niger, which is long for I mean I don't know exactly the the distance, but we can build um dams to produce um uh, electricity. We have been talking about uh, the dam of Kandaji since 1974. We prayed it. We asked the Western countries to help us to build this I mean dam because when we have this dam they will free us completely from any other country. But they refuse. That is to say, those people, they are here. They say they are our friends in the day, but at night, they are our enemies because we cannot understand. We must have our own dam to, prove, to give us a lot of electricity, but we don't have it. See what the shame that Nigeria is putting on us today. We cannot have more than four or five hours of electricity a day. That's the problem. They give us because we have generators that are providing, but it's, it's very little the, the power that they are providing us. Each area we have for one hour, two hours, and then they cut off. After four hours and again, they come back. So you see, it really is difficult. This right, right, right now is difficult in, in our place. But anyway, we will handle it. Well, what, what you said is <laughs> um, actually got me a little bit emotional because, you know, I'm Russian and obviously it's, you know, it's a different situation. But what you said, this attitude is, I feel like something that a lot of people could learn from, maybe even some Russians could learn from, because what you said is very true, even though this situation right now is very difficult. And, you know, I'm someone who lived through the 90s in Russia, so I'm familiar with blackouts and all kinds of other shortages but it's true because when when situations like this they actually expose uh, the things that that you need that you need to improve on this is what happened to us for example when we had the you know the first round of sanctions in 2014 well it wasn't the first one but i guess you know the major ones it exposed the things that we were lacking but with time, it helped us grow stronger. And so it's the same thing last year. A lot of the things were very difficult and we found ways to work through them. But when you keep your mindset like that, when you think about these things in, in this way, uh, that's actually when you get hope. That's actually how you grow as a nation. And so I really feel for you. And, and just so that you know, the people here, in Russia, it's a very emotional thing for us because obviously when this whole thing started, we didn't expect that, you know, that we were going to become this influence on, on a lot of countries. But apparently we have and it, we're, we're just very grateful for this just so that, you know, that we're able to, you know, to be that because at times, you know, it doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel like it for us from inside Russia, but we're we're very grateful for, you know, for all the support that we get. And we, we hope that we can also do something to support. Um, now I want to add something uh, about what is happening. Uh, why we Niger people, we don't talk a lot about the electricity because um, the challenges that we have are more than electricity. 
Today, we have many villages where people are chased from their, their villages by the jihadists. And those villages are not even far from the capital city. Imagine a place where you are born for decades, and then one day, jihadists come in the, in the village and they say, okay, we give you 24 hours to leave the village. And you don't have the right to take anything. Just take yourself and your life. Escape. You leave behind you your food, your land, your cattle, everything that everything that you have been gathering for years, you leave you leave it behind because a gun is on your neck. So you don't have any choice that to run away. So that's our concern. Now, how to recover the integrity of the of the, the country? That is our concern. Those people living in the villages, they don't care about electricity. They don't have electricity. So the electricity issue is only about the, the towns, the big cities. But for those who are, um, I mean, fighting for, for, for food, what is their business about, uh, I mean, electricity? That's why we don't care about electricity. We don't talk too much about electricity. What we talk about is today how to come, um, to come un, to the end of the jihadism that we know that created by the, the France, if I can afford to say it. Yes, it's true. We have to say it straight. They are behind what is happening. Because since the coup has happened now, the situation seems to become even the judges are not acting because they are waiting to see what is going on, what is next. If they know that their allies are no more on power, I'm sure that in the days to come, you will never hear about, I mean, judges attack in, a, in the three countries, in the side countries like Burkina Faso, Mali, and Niger. That's true. So that is our concern. The electricity matter is not really, really a big matter for us. Tinubu can continue to cook his electricity for, I mean, a long time if he wants. We, what we want today is first to kick the Western forces out of our country. That is the first. Second, to restore peace in all the country. And then after, to organize free and fair elections where Nigerians will be able at last to have their own choice respected by the Electoral Commission, by the Janta, and by all the international community. This is the challenges that we have ahead. It's not a challenge of electricity. So when an elected president comes to power, maybe we will see how to get our sovereignty in energy, financially, economically, and politically, even in the sub-region, not only against France, but even in ECOWAS. Because now we are thinking maybe it's high time that we left ECOWAS to join Mali, Burkina Faso, and Guinea to have our own federation, to have our own union, to have our own currency. Because the currency, the slavery currency that we are using for many years is also to be banned. We have to ban the money we are using, the currency we are using, that is safe. If you don't know, today, Niger or France, if Niger sold its uranium, 
let's say one one million dollar we have to keep in the reserve the central bank of france we have to keep 500,000 dollars in their account account and they give us 500,000 dollars why why it's our uranium that we sell so i think that they have to give us the total amount of the the, the income but no and they have been doing it for many years all the 40 countries that are using safe we have eight in uh, west africa we have six in west uh, in central africa and we have comores so that is 15 year uh, 15 countries that we have using the safe across africa and each country which has sold its uh, raw materials france has to take something in to keep in the central bank it's like you have your 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 kid you go somewhere and someone gives him 500 it's okay you give half and you you eat half anyway at, at any time you go somewhere he gets money you say hey bring the money you cut off the money you give him this half and you keep the half so i think that today we are grown up it's time to give us to give back the money that they are keeping for us we are going to manage it because we have the capacity today we have intellectuals we have economists we have everything that we need to keep money and those we have studied abroad they studied in french universities they studied in american universities they are as i mean they are as intelligent as americans or french people so they can know how to manage money i think that today the money that france has been keeping in her bank for more than four decades or six decades is up that France bought the money back. That's what we need. That's what we say. Win-win collaboration, win-win relationship. That is just what we want. And France is confused. I don't know why France is confused. And you always say now, Niger is a poor country. Niger is a poor country. So why are you confused if Niger is a poor country? Why are you insisting on living in Niger? If you say Niger is very poor, so why do the Western powers continue to, to live in our countries and to, to insist on living? Yeah, these are really good questions that I feel like, you know, anyone understands the answers to in in reality. It's, 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 it's very, you know, like I always say, it's, it's a very scary thing to have some resources that certain countries might want, because then, you know, coups happen, all kinds of things happen. We all know it. Okay, you see. So that's uh, all when we gather all these uh point of views, uh, we have to decide on our own destiny. Enough is enough. We have been patient for many years. Now we have to redistribute, I mean, to change partners or to diversify our partners. The Chinese are here. The Americans are here. The Turkish are here. I mean, the Germans are here. They all want to have their own share. So why not? to diversify our partners. That's what France does not want. We are free. As they said, we are free nation. So we have to have also freely our partners. So things will change. As you see now, Mali has already started uh, changing the code of uh, mines. See, France does not have any mine of gold. And France is the fourth reserve of gold in the world. See what is happening. France Et le quatrième réserve à nord dans le monde. Quatrième réserve à nord. 
the fourth reserve in the world. France does not have any, any, any mine in her land. France has, I don't know, uranium, what is the, um, so you see, that's why they fear to leave Africa, because they know they have been exploiting us. And now you say that we have grown up, we have grown up. We see things that, how they, they are going on. We need changes. So they have to be patient. Everything has an end, except the rule of God. Everything has an, an end. And we think that now the end of the French imperialism is on the way. And there is no way, there is no doubt that in the months to come, Africans, wherever they are, they will stand together and to say enough is enough. The fight that Niger is doing today is not only for France. We know today many Chadians are willing to see changes in their country because the president that today is in charge is not elected. And according to the constitution, when the president is, incap uh, uh, is, uh, is not capable of ruling, the speaker of the assembly should carry on and to organize the elections. But see what happens. When the former president Idris Deby died, they took his son to put on power without respecting the law. And France is protecting him. Today, he is um, the best friend to France. And even last time when there, there was the coup d'etat in our country, he was the, the first envoy to come here to Niger to talk to the junta, where I don't understand people, how can a coup leader come ask another coup leader to give up the, uh, the, the, the power? That is nonsense. Excuse me, but it, but it's, it's, it is no sense. So you see, so the fight that we are having right now is for. So just to round this out, um, what do you, because for Westerners, you know what Westerners say, they'll, they'll say, this is just more of the same. It's just another coup in Africa, whatever. It, to me, it feels different. But can you tell me why this time it's different for you guys? Hello. Can you hear us? Yeah, it's okay, yeah? Okay, yeah, I can hear you again. Um, so what a Westerner would look at, at Niger and maybe say, it's just another African coup. It's just the same thing that keeps happening over and over again. Nothing's going to come from it. I think that this time it feels different. So why do you think that it's different this time? Is it because of social media? Is it because... Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, you, know, you know, the social media... Have have uh, have played a lot of lot of role in what is going on right now in Africa. You know when Muammar Gaddafi was killed in 2011. We have today a Pan-African channel, television channel, which is called African Media. African Media is is located in Cameroon, especially in the city of Douala. Those panelists of some programs, they awaken people, they open the minds of Africans, and they teach Africans about imperialism. And once I was listening to a panelist, he was saying that if it were that at that time there was 
Afrique Media, um, the, the president of Libya would not have been killed. And uh, that is to say, today we have many televisions, we have many um, opinions coming from the social media that can, that can help Africa to move forward. As I see today, I'm able to talk to you and to convey my message to many people around the world, something that I couldn't do some years ago. But today, you see, I am able to let people know exactly what is going on in Niger and to have the correct information. Because when you listen to the state media, you cannot get the correct information. Because all the information that they are giving just to portray a good image of the government. They never tell you the truth. That's the problem. But today, due to the presence of the social media, people are able to know what is happening exactly. There's no one who can come and lie uh, to you at the television, uh, the state television, say, no, everything is going on, everything is well, patati patata. No. So we thank God that today we have social medias. And you see, for example, the spaces that you are having on, 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 on Twitter, they help many people today to, to know what is happening. And today, the five or the one week that I have been listening to spaces in English helped me to improve my English and to make me be, I mean, confident in English. You see now, I don't, I don't have any, any, what do you call it, uh, any complex to talk to you. But uh, two weeks be before, I, I was not able to do it. But today, you see, the, the spaces are, have also opened my mind. And I'm very happy for that. And the social medias really have played a lot of role in what is going on. And that is today, the ECOWAS backed up because I know that they have been listening to the opinions of their citizens. Because Nigerians today, they were upset to hear that Nigeria is going to wage war against Niger because they are brothers and sisters. And in all Nigerian spaces, when you listen, you can see, 90% of Nigerians are against, even not 90, 99% of Nigerians are against the war in Niger. Maybe Tinubu has listened to it. And if he, want, he wants a, a feature for his political party, so he has to change his mind because he has advisors that can tell him, hey, you guy, you, can you hear what people are saying here in Nigeria? So whenever we go to Niger, I think that, uh, <laughs> I mean, our party is lost. So you, you see, so really today, uh, the social media have played a vital role in what is uh, is going on in in the situation. What is your to end the episode on a really good note? What is your hope for the future of Africa and the Sahel region in particular? Can you repeat, la? What is your hope for Africa and the Sahel region in the future? Well, um. You know, um, I am a teacher. I always teach my students to have good, good, good be behavior. When you are correct in your life, anything that you do will be correct. And uh, I do believe that there is a hope because uh, when you look at the background of these militaries that are in power, there are people who are devoted to work, to hard work, contrary to some civilians that. Uh, uh, concern more how to be rich 
then how to um, look for the stability for the welfare of their people. Those people, those military, most of them, we know them. They are eager for freedom. And what they have uh, underwent was also very hard. Because imagine when the president of your country goes abroad, says that the judges are stronger than the armies. The judges are more trained than their armies. See what is the feeling of those soldiers. Many things we have to say, but uh, anyway, we have to keep it for the history. But there is a lot of hope. Now people raise up together strongly. And the common denominator is we are fed up with colonialism. We are fed up with imperialism. We are fed up with foreign forces. And uh, if we completely have our own sovereignty, I know that some Africans are just waiting for the case of Niger. So on their turn, they will react. There is no doubt for that. So let's say that there is a lot of hope. If we reach this one, we don't need any more to cross the seas to go and die in the seas to go to Europe or to America. What? What? We have everything here in Africa, Jir. We have everything here in Africa. We have resources. Why do you need to go to the desert to die in the desert or to, go, to die in the sea? No, it's just question of bad governance. If today we have good rulers who care about the welfare of the population, no Africa will go to die in the desert or in the Mediterranean Sea. No, we don't need it. We don't need. We are happy. We are happy of our situation. Today, I'm, as I told you, I'm a teacher. I'm happy. I don't need to go somewhere to say I'm going to look for money. Even though my salary is not very, very important, but I can, I mean, I mean, cover my expenses. So it's not bad. So if the country is okay, I can get better life, better living conditions. That's what we, we are waiting. So there is hope. I can tell you there is hope. May God help us. I think that he will. I think there is hope. Pardon? Nous avons foi que Dieu nous vous aidera. Merci beaucoup, mon frère. Merci beaucoup. Maybe we'll... Bon, can you translate that? Can... Fini, hein? Ah oui, uh, l'entretien... My battery is almost... Uh, okay. Uh, no, no. Uh, we uh, have we... more discussion? No, 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 no. no. l'entretien uh, est uh, maintenant uh, terminé. Nous, vous re, nous voudrions vous remercier pour le temps que vous nous avons, que, que vous nous avez consacré. Si vous euh, euh, plaît de m'excuser, il y a si longtemps que j'ai pratiqué et que je parlais, je parlais français. Uh, merci beaucoup, monsieur. Euh, monsieur. Je, je, je vous en prie, c'est à moi de vous remercier pour l'honneur que vous me donnez de m'exprimer sur votre podcast. Et j'espère que si jamais vous avez des questions par rapport au Niger, je suis prêt à, à vous répondre. So, whenever you have, uh, in, you are in need of news of Niger, so don't hesitate. You can, you can, you can touch me. Uh, I can give uh, my best to, to inform you about what is going on. And uh, as I always say it, I try to give the accurate news. I don't want to give, uh, I mean, uh, fake news to please someone else. No, no, no. Just to give 
you the accurate news because that is what I, I want. I want everyone to know what exactly is going on. I cannot forward you any information that I get, no. So accurate news, that is uh, my ambition. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be among you. And uh, thank you was, very much. It was an honor. And I'm so excited you. for you guys. And there's You're so welcome. much hope. And, yeah. Can I have the record after? Would you, is it possible to have the record? Yes, of course. You can have the recording after. You will send it to me. I will send it to you. Thank you very much. Is it Sarah? Yeah. Okay, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you All very right. much. JM, do you want to close us? Okay, we will We will meet in spaces. Yes, we will see you okay. soon. Thank Inshallah. you for joining us, LP. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Well, thank you guys once again for listening. This has been another episode of the DD Geopolitics Podcast, Africa's Rising.